thank you very much. I'm very privileged and honored to be here today. Um, uh, thank you very much to Zarina for inviting me. You said I've got 20 minutes, right? I'm gonna start my timer because last time I think we were sitting on 55. <laughs> when we, 25, uh, don't tell me that. Put 20 in my mind. Uh, I'll probably be on 26 anyway. All right, so my name is Samkem Shongo. Um, yes, I'm the founder of TNC, which is the next chapter, Wealth Partners. And I started that company with um, the strategic intent of ushering in the next chapter in the African, and when I say African, I mean continent, not shades, okay? <laughs> Financial consumers wealth narrative, why? Because Africa's middle class is income rich, but asset poor. So we have been taught and successfully do earn a high income, but we don't convert that into wealth or asset bases, which you can use as collateral to start businesses or get better deals, banking deals, better interest rates. So we're not left financially vulnerable when interest rates tick up and then we have to put our house on the market because we can no longer afford the bond installment, okay? So uh, I was privileged to have spent seven years at Investec as a private banker, um, looking after some of the country's wealthiest senior executives, um, educated, high-income earners. Um, but then I was very curious as to why you can have two people that are earning the same amount of money, but if you look at their balance sheets, it tells you a very different story. Or if you look at their spending patterns, it tells you a very different story. So when I was doing my um, MBA, <laughs> Hello back. <laughs> so when I was doing my MBA, um, Conrad Vigi, the director of this program at the time, I think he still may be, said, um, your MBA research report should answer a question you've always been curious about. All right? So the question I've always been curious about is, why do some people spend money differently to other people? You know, I'm not, you guys know, I mean, there's some people where you can see a BMW M3 on the balance sheet, you can kind of narrow it down, okay? Or if you see a lot of spending around July, Durban July time, especially, I think next week, you know, you're like, mm, these are probably my people going down to spend money they don't have. So I was just curious as to what drives us to behave the way we do. You understand? And so, and so I decided to do um, a study into consumer behavior, but there's very sort of little litera literature on actual behavior, you know, we use different metrics, and so it changed to sort of an over-indebtedness, because I was like, okay, cool, what I wanted to answer is why some people are over-indebted, and then work backwards to say, how can I contribute to, you know, curbing that, and um, the 2012 National Financial Literacy Survey conducted by the Human Sciences Research Council shows that the black female is the least financially sophisticated, right? In fact, uh, black people and colored score below the required financial sophistication level to be able to successfully enter into financial transactions. Um, white people and Indian people score ju uh, just above. But then what was interesting is that in 2014, Finscope report produced by the Finmark Trust said that the most likely over-indebted individual is the black female. But if she's the least financially sophisticated, it then follows. So then I did a study into the factors contributing to over-indebtedness in black South African females, and um, basically to confirm if they are indeed over-indebted and why. And um, so basically the results of that study showed that people, 
all right? And, and this study, I mean, you can extrapolate. The type of reading I did, you can extrapolate to everyone. But people have the desire to meet their debit orders on time, to make their payments on time, actually, all right? But there are a number of factors stopping them. Some of it is uh, f uh, financial literacy, the ability to see whether a deal is good for you or not, um, family obligations, all right, that are where you, you have more obligations than you have incomes. And um, so with that in mind, realizing that the audience is primed, okay, uh, I decided to start contributing. I wanted to start doing YouTube videos, but then my mentor at the time said, sweetie, uh, no one has the data to be watching you in South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. <laughs> it's not America. You millennials are so cool. You see your friends in London making YouTube videos and you want to be a YouTuber. Up and uh, <laughs> that was Thursday, Thursday, October 2015. Um, by and she never met me. I actually just made a call to one of my clients to say, How do I help? She said, Phone this person. By the following Tuesday, I was on ENCA commenting on alternative funding options, and it was during the Fees Must Fall movement. And um, I think you know, it was luck, it was timing, it was God, really. And um, you know, I think it was just like, Oh. Here's a little cute weave wearing, lash wearing, you know, young black girl talking about how we need to be prudent and how we need to look after our money. And so there were so many media opportunities after that, the writing, the radio, etc. Um, I didn't have plans of starting my own company, but again, you know, there was just that conviction to say, are you willing to sacrifice your comforts and your privileges to make sure that more people, all right, can have access to this expertise? And so basically, I just decided to take private banking public. But because you can't call yourself a private banker when you're not a bank, <laughs> I decided to come up with the name for myself, hence Wealth Coach, um, because I want to coach people in the principles of wealth creation, wealth management. And, and, and that journey begins wherever you are, okay? Whether you're sitting deep in debt, credit cards bouncing, you know, you are on a journey of wealth creation. You're just going in the wrong direction, okay? So um, I'd like to, <laughs> that, that's what I do. Wherever you are, you don't have to have money to see me, okay? And that's just a little bit about the story. But I was asked today to come and speak about perseverance. And if you could please just um, take me to the next slide. All right. You know, I was asked to speak about perseverance, and it took me back to when, you know, there really was a need for me to persevere and stand in faith, even when I didn't know where I was going. And so I thought, okay, but perseverance on its own is not nice, and I don't want to be that girl that came to speak to you about things that are not nice, okay? Like, I'm known for nice, th I sell nice, th I sell wealth, honey, okay? So I was like... <laughs> All right, how do I then, how do I package it in a way where you'll still want to be sitting here, you know, because you want to hear me and not because really you, you don't want Jesus seeing you leave the room before I'm done speaking. So um, I decided, all right, let's look at the full cycle, all right, because when you have that calling, okay, in my case, it was actually a calling to God to help me out of a situation, all right, sometimes where you are, and where you need to get to requires perseverance, all right? But sometimes, and, and most often the question we ask when someone says persevere, and you know we say start up, be just be strong, there's even the emoji, you just send that uh, muscle to your friend when they're going through tough times. The question is, but for how long, right? You know, but for how long? Like, I don't mind persevering, I don't mind being strong. Just please, Jesus, tell me for how long? Like till next week, Tuesday? Till September, just help me plan my life, all right? And uh, so I decided, okay, let me put 
it in the cycle so you can see that God promises you. You may not know for how long, but God promises you that there is victory at the end of perseverance. All right? So, ooh, yes, hallelujah. <laughs> As my first time speaking at church, by the way, and I mean, I even told Zarina, I was like, I didn't know what to prepare because when I got that, that, that template from Pastor Mike to say, here's your PowerPoint. I'm like, a, a whole PowerPoint? So y'all are expecting like structure. I thought I'm just going to testify like, hallelujah, you know, Jesus came through for me. And they're like, no, we need direction, honey. So, so <laughs> I want to take you through the calling, all right, where I called out to God for help. And in fact, I made a deal with him because, you know, as humans, we, we're not used to getting something for nothing. You know, we believe, you know, we even negotiate with God, you know, like, God, I promise you, okay, if you get me out of this, I promise you, uh, when I become rich and famous, I'm going to tell people about you, okay, I won't forget you. You know, so just, just help me. Okay. And then um, I'll take you through perseverance because what you're seeing now is the victory. And it's easy when you're seeing the victory, all right, to not sort of, to almost discount the perseverance bit. To almost say, but how hard could she have had it if she's looking so fly today? <laughs> you know? So I want to take you through that perseverance bit. And I'm going to be honest with you because, again, I, I, I was in a position where it was clear that no one but God can intervene at this stage. Yeah? All right? And I'm going to take you through the victory, honey, which is what you're seeing here today. All right. So, <laughs> so okay, wait, guys, we've got 10 minutes. All right. So basically, long story short is that... Um, um, I was coming from a place of great privilege, you know, by 21, I was married to my varsity sweetheart, and we had baby, and, you know, we went on to, to make a lot of money, and, you know, I was at Investec, and he had been at Investec before, but decided, and just grew, and God was just great, to the point where by 25, you know, I was staying in Danford, Gulf Estate, darling, you know, the accent was twanging, you know, um, we're driving sports cars, we're traveling, you know, you, you, you were even, you were just starting to judge even people, like, sitting on the bench. She's like, oh, shame. They must have been sitting here for such a long time waiting for us to board. We've been in the lounge sipping on G's and T's, you know? So it was just, you start being removed from real life and you start sort of like living in this cloud. And, you know, I don't think I was, I was, I don't think I'd let it get to my head, but I'd almost forgotten what life truly is about, like why we're here. For me, it was more around, um, okay, the kids have to go to Disney by the time they're five, otherwise I'm a bad mom type of thing. You know, when you start... Fluffy, fluffy stuff. Anyway, so long story short, unfortunately, you know, where there was a lot of money, a lot of growth, um, very quickly, you know, my ex-husband and I have a three-year gap, so it wasn't sugar daddy bless her vibes, no. You know, we, bu we built together, honey. And, um, <laughs> and um, you know, unfortunately, when we started being removed from what's important, we started chasing bigger and better, you know, our marriage fell apart. And... Um, I remember December 2014, I then, you know, said, listen, I, I really can't do this anymore. I'm miserable, you miserable, we're young while we're doing this. And he was like, okay, fine. And what I thought would be an amicable parting and an equitable splitting of the assets we had built together, I mean, his company now that's doing 165 million rand deals, I was initially a director of, I even named the company. But um, basically, long story short, when I decided that I can't do this anymore, decided to exert my power and uh, stand on my own, it basically resulted in a two-year divorce that was very painful. 
Um, I'm not going to go into the details, but basically think, you know, closing off of taps, the lifestyle you're used to, it's gone, you're on your own, um, even, even to custody battles. So it was very, very difficult. And now this is someone who, I'm a private banker in theory, you know, I know what metrics to look for and I know how people should behave. But I wasn't exercising that, you know, because there was just so much abundance. So I went from having a lot to having to live on my own salary and uh, really question what makes a person or what makes people value a person or what makes you as yourself value yourself right so i remember the one day i was literally on the floor crying on my knees i was like i can't afford to take the kids anyway i can barely make it to the end of the month and we had two weeks two weeks with dad so they were always crying to go to daddy's house because daddy's house was big and they had toys in their own room and here i was just saying okay don't you want to play cards again <laughs> crazy eight is really fun <laughs> and they're like uh we used to wheeze and playstation threes like we don't know what you're talking about so i remember just um crying you know because I thought I've, I've, I've lost my husband I've lost my home um, I'm, an, I'm, I'm losing my kids basically because they were just like we want to go to daddy's house and so I was like made a deal with God I said God if you save me and you take me out of this position then I promise you you know I will dedicate my life to making sure that no one else has to go through this position or if they do it's slightly easier for them um, you know it, it was I, f I almost felt like my dignity had been stripped from me, you know, because it was almost as if he wanted to show that I had made you, you know, and without me, let's see who you are type of thing. So it, it was a very painful journey. And so this verse that I pulled up because I wanted to, because it's all nice and well for me to testify like this, but you need to know that God makes us promise, right? It's not me saying it. He said it. Uh, Joel 2 verse 32, he says, and it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved all right so there's your there's your confirmation i don't know how long it'll take you while you're persevering to get there but there's confirmation that you will get there some of us the loop is shorter it's two years in my case some of us the loop is longer it's three or four or five years but the only way to get past it is to go through it all right. And the example that uh, uh, comes to mind is when uh, I stay in four ways and I was working in Santa. Now, you know that I think the devil congregates on William Nicole there between <laughs> Indaba Hotel and, uh, and the bridge. I think they hold meetings like, for Satan and his crew. Anyway, so <laughs> I remember one day I'm here in four ways. I'm trying to go to Santa and I put my ways app. Right. And it says turn right onto Vitkopen. So I'm like, hey, wait, stop. Like, I know you, you're a fancy app and, you know, there's Google Maps, you know what you're doing, but why am I going that way, Vidgopen, when I'm going to Santon, right? But it was taking me onto Vidgopen, down uh, onto Malibongwe, down Republic into Santon, because there were traffic jams everywhere. And it said to me, I'm trusting this app, taking me in what feels the opposite direction to where I'm going. But why don't we do the same with God? Where you're like, that's my goal, and God says go, then you're like, wait, G-O-D, wait. Okay, I know there's bigger problems, Syrian crisis. Maybe you didn't hear me. I said, that's where I'm trying to go. You know, are you sure about this answer? And, you know, from that day uh, with, with Waze and me trusting Waze implicitly, which is a human-designed app, I decided if God tells me something, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with it, even if it doesn't make sense, right? But you need to remain anchored, all right? And you need to stay on that course. When Waze is saying, stay on Vidgobin, and you're like, but there's traffic here too, I want to go back onto William Nickel, honey, you'll be going around in circles and you'll run out of fuel before you get to your destination. But let's talk perseverance. All right. 
So I journaled a lot, and um, I wanted to give you an actual journal entry, right? Because again, when you see the victory, when you see someone standing in their glory, you think that they couldn't have had it as bad as I'm having it, yeah? So I made that journal entry in March, and I think it was either a, like a day before or a day after I'd actually made that deal with God, where I said, it's sinking and it's painful, it hurts. I feel I've hit rock bottom. I don't know whether I'm coming or going. I'm always anxious. My heart beats hard in my chest. It's painful. I'm always courted to tears. I'm an optimistic person, but this is depressing. I can't study, do assignments, work. I can't still my mind long enough. I'm always running. And that running was running from reality. And don't we tend to do that when we're facing something instead of dealing with it? Dealing with the situation, we run. Yeah? We run to friends. We run to the bottle. I, I'm not against alcohol. I don't know if there's... I like wine, Pastor Carol. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, run to the bottle in excess. I mean, you know, it's okay to have a little bubbly at brunch, honey. Okay, a little mimosa, a little bellini. Um, but, you know, where you try and find something to numb the pain as opposed to dealing... With the cause, eh? You're taking panados for your soul and panados for your life, honey, but you're going to get addicted and you will still have the ailment instead of treating the cause. Okay? And then what does he say in Philippians 4, verse 6? And I actually Googled this. I said, verses on being anxious. And God was like, be anxious for nothing. I was like, oh, so you had a verse all along. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So here I was going to my shrink, thank you, employee assistance program at work. I was just like, I was just like, Dear investigator, if you want me, okay, to still be here, I need to see that shrink every week until I'm okay. They like take as many sessions as you need, honey. You know, and I was going to her and I was anxious and, and literally my heart was, I could feel, I could feel like this is my heart and this is where it sits in my chest. Even if I touch my chest, I could feel it. Yeah? Or that feeling when your heart feels like it's beating in your throat. And I was always like that. And someone said to me, you always look like you're quarter to tears. Fragile. Even out, there was a time where I was afraid to pick up the phone at work because anything could set me off. There was a time, and that again was caused by some of the calls I was getting from my Now, lawyers, she'll tell you, she's like, I'm, I'm, I'm not your shrink, okay? My lawyer be like, hey, listen, by the way, um, we're in trouble because there's a custody case against you. I'm like, it is a Thursday morning, honey. Could you not have waited until like the afternoon? You know what I mean? So when you're so afraid when the phone rings because you don't know what could be on the other side to throw your world apart, yeah? But he says, be anxious for your debt, your marriage, your future, nothing, honey. You know, God is a boss. He's such a G. Like, he's just, he's just got such swag. He's like, be anxious for nothing. <laughs> I got you. You know? He's such a G. I just love him. Anyway, so I persevered. And then, and also, I think it was my own lack of faith because I felt I had to give God something in exchange for him to come through for me. But he was like, but girl, I've always been here. I told you I'll never leave you or forsake you. So you're the one that decides your own thing. But, you know, I've been here. You know? And if you come to me, I'll give you the desires of your heart. So let's go. We make things complicated for ourselves sometimes. Don't we? But anyway, let's talk about the victory, honey. Enough of that. 
So, so I decided, okay, and this time it's 2015, hey? 2015, I'm in second year MBA, I need to choose a research topic. And now it's no longer, oh shame, how are the poor people managing their finances? It's like, girl, how are you with all this private banking experience managing your finances because you can barely make it to the end of the month, okay? And now you're starting to fall into this phenomenon of calling old men to be like, hey, you wanna do dinner? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm having such financial troubles. You know, and I could see how it's so easy to fall into some of these traps where we look at people and judge them. But I was on that slippery slope. I will tell you that for free. Okay. And so I said, okay, God, these people are my time. Okay, five minutes. Uh, I told you. We'd be here till Tuesday. I told you. Anyway, I was like, okay, God. I was like, all right. I'm trusting you because, I, I mean, I've got a bit of, I, I, was, I was raised right. Okay. So I'm just like, some things I'm like, I'd rather suffer. I would rather be there toast with a sandwich spread and if you've had to eat sandwich spread when you don't want to eat sandwich spread, honey, you know that stuff is... <laughs> you want to bite by choice, not by obligation, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> so you know, I was just like, you know what, God, it's fine. I'd rather, you know, go down to the bare minimums, but I'm not going to be disrespected. It's something I'm not going to do. One thing I will not let go of is my dignity, honey. So I was like, okay, cool. And I thought, okay, God, well, you're doing your thing uh, because in exchange I've given you a very nice, you know, incentive. I'm gonna help your people, okay? Your people need me. So if you come through for me, I got you, okay? So that was a lack of faith because you don't need to be bargaining with God. But that held me in that line of perseverance because I was like, he has to come through. I mean, it's an offer you can't refuse. <laughs> and so I did my study and then when it was like, okay, over indebtedness and then I was doing my research, but then because of the snowball effect, you know, you email your friends and your friends email their friends. And then guess who was confirming risk of over indebtedness and actually being an over, over indebted? It was your tertiary educated, full-time earned, full-time employed, 250,000 to 500,000 earning black young females. That way we like me and checking Natasha's with their Turkish delight. And here I was sitting thinking it's a shame, some poor woman tending to her peas in the rural areas. It was people at work. It was my family members. It was my friends. And so when the results of that study came out, I was like, God, okay. I now see why you put me through this because it had to hit here for me to do something about it. All right? That's when I was like, okay, maybe I should do YouTube videos. And then reality was like, no, Booba Kitty, okay. You need to do something much more than that. So it was the media, the writing, etc. And then when I did not have leave anymore to do what really fulfilled me, at Investec, I decided to resign. So my employer ignored me for a month because they're like, no, don't go anywhere. You just, no, stop it. And I'm like, guys, I'm really leaving. And they're like, no, you're not, please. We've given you everything. We've paid for your studies. We give you extra leave if you need. You work from whatever office, just don't go. And I'm like, guys, I'm really leaving. And I remember I was even shaking on that day. It was the 7th of December when I had submitted that letter. And something to me said seven, completion. You know, said this chapter has ended. And something around seven as well as completion and, and perfection said I need to be available in 2017 for God to do with me what he wants. Yeah? So, I then did that. I started TNC and uh, in fact, even when I started, I didn't even have a company and I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. And, uh, but I was like, I'm just trusting God. And so TNC came about and I remember, you know, I had a, a, a tea catch up with Stephen Kostoff and all the seven years I'd been at Investec, I'd never had a one-on-one. -on -one. But he was like, what are you, why do you do all these things? Who are you? I was like, oh honey, let me tell you, okay? And so once I told him everything I'm doing, he said, he got on the phone immediately. He said, we need what you're doing in our organization. Because I said to him, those people that are over indebted are sitting in your organization. 
education, Stephen Kossip. So uh, that's how I became a financial wellness associate of Investec. I now give that same service that I was giving to my clients to the very staff members that are sitting in that back office, all right, making things happen for those clients. I said it is a crime that we are the hub of financial expertise, all right, probably the most sophisticated on the continent you've got, sitting, people sitting at financial problems. It is a crime. All right. So I started doing the financial wellness. I started doing the speaking, which pays very lucratively. I started doing the wealth coaching. And then on social media, then like the celebs and the influencers started coming. And I was just like, hey, well, you know, Kanye Mbao would comment on the video. I was like, you, gal, you know? So I was like, okay, God, you really knew the desires of my heart because as much as I wanted to help your people, I actually wanted to be like banker to the stars, you know? you know? That's cute and that's fine. I can do that for the rest of my life without feeling like I owe you, you know? And I can just feel that he's making that happen and he's giving it to me. And I can see the victory, you know, in me having persevered when I didn't even know what it looks like. And... Um, in this increasingly competitive environment that I find myself in, and especially during my divorce where I felt that someone had to lose for the other to win, or I have to tear my husband down, or my ex-husband or his credibility down for me to win, I came across this, which I also pulled from my journal, which says, there need not be defeat for there to be victory. Because sometimes we want God to bring us out of something by saying, oh, he's a hater, he must suffer. God, you said I must pray for my enemies, but you didn't say what I should pray, so I'm praying that he falls ill. <laughs> I'm praying that his business fails, you know? But no, there need not be defeat for there to be victory. So instead of focusing on the other's defeat, you should be focusing on your victory and your path to victory, forgetting everything else. And then he says in 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14, now thanks be to God who always, not sometimes, not in 2017, not every three years, always honey leads us in triumph in christ and that is my my story my testimony to you the promise is there sometimes you have to persevere sometimes your perseverance all it is is you sitting in traffic on Wittgopen, but your destination has already been mapped and wherever you are what i love about these traffic navigation systems as well doesn't matter where you are just says input current location all you need to do is put where you're going and it'll get you there. Is that not God? That's me, honey. My time is up. And uh, thank you for having me. How great was that? How great was that? I don't know. I feel like I need to do something. <laughs> did it. <laughs> so, so great. Thank you, Samkis. Thank you so much. Um, and you know, off the back of that, what I really want to do, I want to make sure that this is not just an entertaining moment at church. I want us to get this. I really want to get this, that, that you can cry out to God. You can call out to the Lord, and He will hear you. He, will, he understands the destination that you want to get to. I promise you this. The destination you have in mind for yourself is far below the destination He has for you. I feel like the, the truth is we are probably thinking too small. It is very, very likely that the pressures of the world have actually limited our thinking, not expanded our thinking. And so I just, first thing I want to say to all of you is that he will, he will answer your cries, that his plans for you are greater than your plans for yourself. You can trust him. 
Um, the, next, the next thing I want to say is that in light of what she said, that, that path of getting there takes consistency. And you know what I am convinced after serving the Lord for nearly 30 years is that my biggest problems are not the people around me, are not the circumstances, are not even my bosses. My biggest problems are my own thinking. And part of that path of perseverance is God renewing the way you think. God changing your mind. Samke, I'm sure you um, will attest to this, that the person you are now is so different from the person you were at the beginning. And part of God's walk with you was to change the way you thought about yourself, to change the way you thought about people, to change the way you thought about wealth. And in so doing, just created such a dynamic and victorious person. Amen. God is more interested in your growth than he is in your comfort. <laughs> Ow. And last of all, that there is victory. We can, we can be confident that there is victory in the future. We can be confident that there is something ahead that will be even bigger than you imagined. I want to pray for two types of people. I feel like there are people here, you have battled with disappointment. So you set your course for something and it didn't turn out the way you thought. Some, you kind of, kind of in the same boat as some care was when her marriage was falling apart and her financial dreams were just falling through her fingers. You're in that place. And you're battling with disappointment. You find it hard to trust God again. And if that's you, I really want to pray for you. The second kind of person I want to pray for is that Maybe things are going well, or maybe they're not going well, but you're really battling with a sense of anxiety. And in essence, the foundation of anxiety is this, that it's all up to me. So I better get it right. I better make sure things work. So you have to like keep all your ducks in your row. You have to be thinking about everything all the time because you never know when something could go wrong. And if you mess up, then everything is just gonna fall apart. And I feel like God wants to come and speak into our hearts. It's not all up to you. All I'm asking is for your surrender. All I'm asking for is you to give your gifts and your talents, your abilities to me and allow me to mold you and lead you into the victory you've always wanted. Amen. So if that's you, if you're battling with a sense of disappointment about your immediate surroundings, about what has been happening in your life, or if you are battling with anxiety, I'm going to ask if you wouldn't mind doing a brave thing and just standing where you are and we would like to pray for you. So if that's you, if you wouldn't mind standing.